Hey, honeys, I have something exclusive to tell you. You can hear episodes of my show and 30 others, Harmontown, Drinky Fun Time, Dumpable Town, before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. Lucky you. You can listen right now on the TuneIn app. Play Nashville a week early. You're like living in a time machine, baby. So why don't you check it out? All you have to do is download the TuneIn app and listen for free. This is like being a podcast VIP. Don't forget, they also have live sports, news, music, audiobooks. It's enabled in Apple CarPlay, so I think you should check it out. All you have to do is go to tunein.com slash natchbute. Tune in, baby. Um, it might have some weird UK size. Eleven and a half. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> For those at home, cool we just shit. fist bumped a uh, uh, van's shoe. <laughs> well, a wide. I wear a wide size shoe. I need. Do you I wear a wide? It. Yeah. I don't know if I need one, but I just do because I feel like I'm more comfortable in it. Yeah, you didn't. I think you need. I think it's like. Yeah, if, if, when Oprah's like, "Ladies, if you if you think you need an, a different size bra, you already did, or whatever." <laughs> like, I think you need. Are guys' <laughs> shoes sold by wide? They can. That's a they, possibility. You can. Yeah. yeah, it's like a what is it? It's an E. Like the number of E's is how wide it is. Like I, two, know, I always just e, buy e, like e. ten and a half wide. Uh-huh. It just says that like ten point five W or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, so. Well, welcome to Please Be My Girlfriend. <laughs> I'm David Harris. I'm Roman Presnell. And we have the very talented Stephanie Allen with us today. Hello. Very excited. <laughs> it excellent. Hi. Welcome to the program, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. We are so psyched that you're here. Yeah, I can't even begin to explain it, honestly. My yeah. level of being psyched wow, thank is, you. <laughs> I mean, I'll try. I'm, I feel like a, an energetic sensation in my nerves and my heart races a little faster. And I just, I think some endorphins are being released. So that's the beginning of how You're blushing. I am. You're blushing. I am. Oh, man. <laughs> Feeling it. I'm just really glad to be here. Are you going to prom with anybody? <laughs> um, so, well, Stephanie, why don't you... Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, like maybe like where you're from. Okay. Well, I was born in Claremont, so which is the furthest city east in L.A. County. Oh, you're, you're a California native. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then grew up all over Southern California and also Amherst, New York, which is outside of Buffalo. And that's where you went to school? That's where or? I went K through sixth grade. Oh, cool. And then uh, also a semester years. of my senior year. Oh. Just one semester? Yeah. The last semester? <laughs> the first of the last, and then I dropped out. Wild. So it's like you went back for like one last hurrah kind <laughs> yeah. of like an encore performance. Right. Love Where that. people are like, whoa, she's back. Kind of. And it was like the same group of people. You know, it's a smaller town, so yeah. it was all the same, same group. Drove across country four times doing those moves. I so you drove every time? Yeah. Was That's it like a right. whole family adventure or was it just you? Or um, It was like different cars. I drove with my mom and 
with my dad and then one time with all of us when I was really young. Which driving across country is crazy. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I think it's I like love it. it's exciting, <laughs> and then you realize you're not going to hit anywhere cool for four days. That's what I did. <laughs> I my I didn't have a very free, fun cross country uh, experience because I had a Toyota Corolla that was like jammed with stuff. I couldn't see out any of my windows. And you were probably like one man. Army. One man. Yeah, my cross country experiences are always like a group of people. And That's the fun. most fun about it was, see, I don't think about this like a daily system because four of us went and we would drive and shift. So we never actually stopped. Mm-hmm. Like you just drive oh. all night. Somebody would sleep. People in the backseat would sleep and we would shift out. And then Well, and see, out. that's better because it's terrifying when you stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like those are the moments totally where like you feel like you're going to be murdered. Oh, yeah. You st- yeah. I went. Um, I actually came to L.A. shortly after Katrina. Mm-hmm. And my stop was like you were displaced. 40. I was displaced into the Houston Astrodome. Mm. No, it was after that. Um, but uh, there were there were terrible mosquitoes all through like the south of like, I think it was forty or is it ten? Forty. I don't know. The forty is the way I always went. Oh, yeah, always. that's probably the way you went. Um, there were a few stops, and like the price of gasoline was so spiked uh, because of Katrina, and I hated stopping. I got like bit all up my arm. I got bit up on my arm. <laughs> when I went to, uh, and this is like a whole bug thing, but like in, uh, around Florida and those areas, like when I was coming back from Key West, they would stop at these rest stops and they would have like gigantic, like high pressure sprayers just to spray your windshield because the clouds of bugs would be so thick that you wouldn't even be able to like see the highway. Like there were times I guess certain times a year you actually literally have to pull off. Like, it's not even a choice. It's like a required stop where you pull off and uh-huh. blast these bugs off your windshield because there are oh so God. many of them that it's a hazard. <laughs> so, like, a cop can pull you over. <laughs> Miss, you do the required uh, windshields clean off at the last stop? Yep. I notice you passed up that bug carcass depository stop that's <laughs> mandatory. You have a specific reason? Is there an emergency here? I'll be the good cop. She looks like she, she needs to get to a wedding. <laughs> so now she looks to me. Oh, come on. Let her go. I'm not letting anybody go. Bug carcasses are a big <laughs> deal around here. If she smuggles those things into another climate, to another ecosystem, God knows what could happen. We've <laughs> got to contain it here. <laughs> Roman the <laughs> eco-ranger <laughs> laying down the law. It's what we need to keep I our planet safe. Agree. That's kind of insane, though. Like, when I, is that in another state where they do that? Where you can? Yeah, it was in. A, it was just in Florida. No, Florida's the worst. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Too many bugs. It was. I, I mean, it was terrible because like when you go down to Key West and back, I've got a family in Key West, and um, so we would go down there and visit. And when we'd come back in the car, it was ridiculous, and they would look like storm clouds in the distance. Uh huh. And as you got closer, you would realize it was like a swarm of bugs. Like, it was terrifying to be driving through it. You would see them, like, flying by outside, like some biblical plague. Yes. It was, like, insane. And then there's people's houses there, too, right? Yeah. Which I guess you just hang out and, like, well, <laughs> Stay inside. Can't go out today. The biblical plague is out. So, been mean to catch up on SVU anyway. So, see what's In going on. of observing the biblical plague. <laughs> Gonna watch some SVU. Need to see what Stabler's up to. <laughs> episode. Oh, um, you you at one point dated a Stephanie, right? I did. In fact, well, I guess we never actually dated. It was a 
a strange series of mysterious hookups over and over P- again. Place us. What set? What time and setting? This was uh, when I was in college, uh, towards the end of my college career, which I don't want to go into the specifics of how many years I was in college. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there was this girl that like really had a thing for me. Her name was Stephanie, and I would always like sort of consider it, but I was never like really interested. And I remember the way I met her was we were both uh, trying to do this study abroad program, and uh, my birthday was coming up, and the te- the professor was like, we'll be getting to Rome on May 19th. And I was like, oh, that's my birthday. And she was like, that's my birthday. Oh. And I was like. <laughs> that she sounded like that. And I was enraged. Like, at first. <laughs> you were mad? You know how I am. Like, oh, I just, yeah. It's your no, it was my birthday. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, how old are you? And she was two years younger than me. And I was like, well, then it's my fucking birthday and you can use it. I'll let you borrow it. But I had it two years before you. It was mine. And later she always talked about she was like, and in that moment, I just thought you were so funny. And I just started getting a crush on you. And I would later be like, it's funny because I was not kidding. I was literally pissed off. Like I was unhappy that you were encroaching on my birthday and you thought it was like this charming, like hilarious bit, like, oh, this guy, what a, what a scamp. <laughs> so that was how we met. And, uh, it just continued to get out of control. We would go to these parties and like, there was this like other girl I was really interested in. And then I would get like rejected or not even rejected. I would just in my mind believe a reality in which I'd been rejected. Like I didn't actually talk to her. I just felt like things didn't go the way I wanted to. So I would get depressed and have these weird realities. And then she would be drunk and she would like hit on me and I was drunk and upset. And then I would like make out with her. And then the next day I would always like backtrack because I felt guilty about it and I knew I didn't really like her. What do you mean by backtrack? Like I would call her and be like, yeah, last night, I don't know why I made out with you. I didn't mean to. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, I feel like it was a bad idea. If that happened to you, Stephanie, like a guy, well, obviously it depends on the guy, but like if you were in college, say, and like a guy called you the next night or the next day, it was like, oh, I don't, I thought, I think that's a mistake. I mean, if I was really into that person, I think that would be the moment where I'd be done, where I'd just be like, okay. You'd think. Like... (laughs) Really? That's you would assume. Yeah, what was she? Yeah, I'm trying to think if the, the few times, the few times, yeah, the few times that's ever happened. No, like the times it's happened to me when it's been like, you know, that didn't work. I really respected the person for saying it right. really clearly. I actually thought. Well, the thing that was weird was that like I did enjoy hanging out with her and like from time to time I was just, I think what it really came down to is I was very interested in this other person right. and like I think there was a lot of like blinders on because of that, even though like I know and knew then that she and I weren't a good match either, Stephanie, like we just wouldn't be a good match. But that she, she was, wanted more from you. Right. And right? she was much sweeter too than the other, than the person I was interested in. So it just like, I don't know, I felt a little bad about it and uh it was just really weird how it would keep happening. Like yeah, over I've and had over. that before. Like, Ooh, do tell. <laughs> well, just like people that I, it, it, it's never been one way where one person's more into it than the other, but mm-hmm. sort of just people that you kiss at parties or around, but you're not dating them. And that'll like last. I've had that where that lasts for like a three month period and then yeah. it just ends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what was that? Yeah. 
I had a term for that in college. I called that my Saturday night girlfriend. <laughs> was That's, people that I would have that experience with. And everybody happened to a lot of people. It was yeah. like your party makeout associate. And then like you didn't have any other <laughs> interactions. It was just you would see them at the next party the next week yeah. and be like, oh, hey, it's good to see you again. Wow. Just get drunk. We would make out and then it'd be. It was Saturday night girlfriend. And it seems completely linked with alcohol. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think oh, it's like yeah. anything. <laughs> I don't, it would never happen otherwise. Yeah, I think you're definitely correct on that. I've definitely, well, I remember <laughs> Stephanie had tried to like, she it had been like a full year and a half she'd been trying before I See, even made out with her the sad. first time. And the way, the way she figured out how she finally like, I feel like observed my nature and like discovered how to get me. Because uh, we were outside and I was drunk and I was like all boisterous and, you know, North Carolina mountain man. Like, hey, I don't give a shit about that place sucks, you guys. It's like a cast party. It's weird to be like a guy like me at, like in a theater program because it, people never saw it coming. You know, other people are like, my God, you guys. Avenue Q, I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I heard some of that music, man. That shit was good, dude. Like, I'd be like, man, that play was a bunch of shit. I hated it. So we're at this cast party, and she's like, nobody will make out with me. And I was like, no. all right. And she was like, well, I guess they're just scared. I was like, people aren't scared. And she's like, well, you are. And I was like, I'm not scared to make out with you. And she totally knew it was a complete ploy from the beginning because she knew my pride. All she had to do was tell me that I was scared or that I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck you. I can make out with you right now. And it worked. She hooked me just like that. That was the techniques. And she would use that every single time. Would challenge wow. my personal pride. And, and because I was in an inebriated state, I would always fall for it. I'm always curious about that because I feel like I've never tried to manipulate someone into like being with me and like to think that like in your mindset okay if I just try all these things at some point we're gonna be alone and like all this will go aside and he'll just fall in love with me Stephanie that is how my brain works <laughs> I, you all gotta, guys hey, yeah, I feel like the yeah, attempt but there have been times where I'm like well I'm obviously not getting dumped. That's just not even a reality. So the just the, what's going to happen is I'm going to find the exact ingredients to make this work. Right, but I, I don't think it works. You've that never way. done that. You've never no. fallen down to that. And I've, I'm, but I'm also very confused by people too. So I'm like, I don't know, because I think if if I pick up on something, I'm pretty much done. And if I'm interested in someone and I don't feel it coming back at me, I'm like, okay, it's not right. I feel like it should be immediate. So, yeah. Gotcha. And if there's not there's nothing you can do in 2 months that's going to be like all of a sudden. What about I think. like 2 years? Were you if keep, I just keep trying that long? I don't think so. <laughs> well, have you ever seen that happen? No. Uh, like I've seen it, girls and guys well, actually, like both uh, try. That's a good a point. I think I you're right. I've seen it actually. You have? Yeah. When's, what's an example of it well, working? I think I, an example of it working, I have some friends who in college, uh, it was sort of the same thing. This guy and this girl, they were in their Saturday night relationship. Uh-huh. And uh, But he was always inclined to, he was like, God, I want to get away from this girl or I don't want to deal with this and blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, hide me from her. She's crazy. She's following me everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But now they're married. And they hadn't dated. They he he felt that way, and then it kept happening and happening, yeah. and happening. And then, and then at some point, he, he was just like, started dating her, and then 
they got married and they're like insanely happy which is really weird like, are they very fun couple to be around are like did they both kind of settle for each other was it like they kind of had to be like that's a very rude way to say that but like it was right, it kind of like, like oh actually i i was too confident before when i thought i could do better i think i think that might have had a little something to do with it and i think too what happened was they ended up really getting to know each other beyond because they ended up getting married after college and i think they got to know each other beyond these characters that they sort of were within this Mm -hmm. very small theater department and actually got to spend some time together and really started to realize that they had a lot more in common and that the chemistry was actually there when they weren't trying to be people for everyone else and i've heard too like people that are like we were friends forever never considered being with each other and then years later all of a sudden we're like oh you know what i think i like you yeah that does happen like was that a girl or a guy who said that no i i don't know if i can think of it because i wonder if the guy the whole time was like interested maybe i can't i don't know maybe do you think like i feel like most of the guys i've dated have been very forward so if if there's any like standoffishness or nerves i I take that as like, oh, they're not interested. But really, you could be just cutting off this whole group of guys. <laughs> yeah. Because I I think about that. Sometimes I think of myself as more of a receiver of a girl's attention first. Uh-huh. As a that was really, yeah, totally. And sometimes so, I'm like, I should go for it more. how is the girl supposed to know? Right. Yeah, I think that's a very emotional. I think that happens to a lot of guys who are... Maybe like insecure in their youth. Yeah. Because I know for me, even in college, I was very much like that. I would get nervous and I wasn't very forward. And it was really easy back then to place blame on other people. Like, oh, well, you know, the nice guys finish last, which I hate people who say that because nice guys don't finish last. They don't finish at all because they never start the fucking race. <laughs> like, you have to at least start yeah. you have to let her to know yeah. that something's going on. Yeah, if you just sit there and hide your feelings forever and be like, well, nice guys finish last. It's like, well, you didn't even yeah. begin. Like, wouldn't you rather be rejected than just be like, oh, no one likes me? Like, yeah, and that's it something is so you have liberating. to learn the yeah. hard way. And yeah. I think that you some do. people never get over that fear right. so they never actually learn those lessons because in my the older I've gotten the more forward I've gotten well, and clearly, been honest I mean, about those things and if you look at your track record of like girls that you have asked out like in kindergarten it was probably like Gracie and then <laughs> like in middle school I don't know maybe it was like Terry Beth and in high school it's like Amy and like now you're asking out Scarlett Johansson yeah you know? I've definitely and, moved way <laughs> up the ladder yeah which I think because I'm no longer intimidated by any living being will you do a please be my girlfriend to michelle obama where you try to steal the president's <laughs> wife like I, openly I, will, uh, I think the word try is won't be involved <laughs> because just I'm just, yeah which and then it'll be shitty because i'm not actually interested <laughs> and it's going to just cause so many problems for everybody you don't like like fitness being taught to kids and stuff like that that's something you oppose right oh i don't care about anything like that oh it can go one way or the you other. You just don't care for her very much as a person. No, I mean, I don't know anything about her, really. Like, I'm yeah. just not interested in her. I don't think she's very attractive, and she's just not really. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, I don't find Michelle Obama attractive at all. <laughs> I'd be pretty that's psyched. That's fair, right? Yeah, I guess that's a fair thing to yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, you I'm have, just, Yeah, go with your heart. Yeah. I mean, the, the honesty here, you know, yeah. let you know. 
Yeah. You know who's hotter than Michelle Obama is Michelle Rodriguez, and she's even kind of mannish. Oh, uh, she's very sexy. Yeah. Yeah. She. Mm. So do you know? Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez yeah. is. What is she in? Lost. Lost. Yeah. Oh, I Good hated crush. her in Lost, though. Yeah, that was pretty shitty. She was in a Resident crush, right? Evil. Yeah, I think she was in that. The first time I saw her was in um, whatever that movie, Vin Diesel races cars or what you oh, know, yeah. Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time I ever saw her, and she was super hot in that movie because she was like, there was one girl who was supposed to be the hot girl in that movie, but she was so like vanilla and like boring. Like her only job was to be like Paul. Is his name Paul? The guy, the other guy in that movie? Paul Walker. Paul Walker. She Her only job was to give Paul Walker somebody to have sex with in that movie. But I Michelle Rodriguez's character was like, she was all street and like, she was like robbing people with them and like <laughs> up to no good. And like, my father once gave me this piece of advice where he said that the type of woman I need to end up with is the type of woman who will end up killing me one day. And I totally <laughs> agree with that. Wait, like a praying mantis? No. Well, it's just I, I I talked about this one time previously about how I've historically been attracted to like really A-type businessy girls gotcha. who are very uh-huh. much the opposite of me. And my dad was the one who was like, you're just trying to find somebody to take care of all the hard shit so that you don't have to. He's like, I did the same thing. I was never happy. What you really need is a woman who's as crazy as you are who's going to end up killing you one day. Oh, my God. He's like, that's what you need. And you'll be happy up until the day she kills you and you'll die with a <laughs> smile on your face. And it sounded like a good deal to me. And it I is a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Good perspective. To death in love like a Bradley Knoll of romance. He's the lead singer of Sublime who was yeah, taken to him. us early but by heroin addiction. Yep. And, and what's funny about this is not too long after my dad told me this piece of advice. How old were you when he told you that? Uh, I guess, God, like 24. <laughs> Got old enough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, but a couple weeks after he told me this piece of advice, his girlfriend at the time, they got in a fight in his truck. He pulled over and they got in an argument. She pulled a board out of the back of his truck, hit him in the head, knocked him unconscious, and then stole his truck and left him bleeding in a ditch. So he almost oh had God. a self-fulfilling prophecy about his own his own girlfriend almost left him for dead. Yeah. So. I mean, consider the source. Yeah. And they got back together. They were fine. That's just sort of how <laughs> sure it is. So do you think that's like, for your dad or... Or that sort of attraction. Is that just fun? All that energy? Yes. It's just passion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. I think it's pure. It's like, what a fun drug. I think it is. Yeah. It's, it has no... It's like a, a denial of the acceptance of responsibility of a relationship. It's kind of like... In my, I don't know. I'm, try, I'm trying to get past that. You're with a person Me who too. will never tell you that something's a bad idea which builds you up and then you will never tell them and that makes you very bad for one another, I think. Because there was never a, a person who's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't steal that jet ski. Instead, you're like, right. I'd like to steal that jet ski and they're like, I'd like to ride on it if you do and then you both do and then it's <laughs> like, that's why two crazy people together is always well, like see, that's a very positive. disaster. I actually think yours is very cool. You built up this thing together where at least the two people were like thick as thieves and they were doing it together. Yeah. I felt like mine were like, I'm going to steal that jet ski. Don't! You, that's stupid. You're oh, stupid. That's the worst. I hate you, and I'm going to sh- prove it to the whole restaurant. Hey, everybody. <laughs> dumb old bitch wanted to steal a jet ski. 
Man, when the girl you're dating calls you a dumb old bitch, you know you've really... <laughs> Is that what happened to the, the roles? Is it? <laughs> I can't... The roles got confused in my head. <laughs> As to who was saying what. Yeah, I guess I got, maybe I got confused. I'm not sure. Check. <laughs> it all happened so fast, and I was just trying to enjoy my meal, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on, or you I recounted that. You were Instagramming the fight. <laughs> this is awesome. But I think that crazy energy is so attractive. Like, it's like, oh, this is fun. Oh, yeah. And then you get in it, and it's just pure fun, and uh-huh. then you just... It's like, for me, it takes a month for it to sink in like, oh, this isn't good. Like, yeah. this isn't- Real problems still happen right. regardless. They're going to present themselves and they have to be dealt with. Yeah. And I'll notice some of my, like, personal belongings are broken. Like, Whoa, what like, shit have you done, not, Stephanie? Not like, just like that kind of energy around you. It's uh-huh. just like, oh, like, this isn't... this can't last right and like the intellect comes in where you're like this uh-huh. isn't really a relationship like we're just right. having fun it's like a roller coaster it's like a ride and it's got to end at some point yeah. yeah that's interesting i yeah i think when that happens though like and i file it away as a ride and then i'm like i can revisit that later yeah <laughs> and sometimes though like i ride it out to death like a ground i get milk every ounce of emotion and energy out of it that I can because that's like a drug. Yeah. And then the leftover is shattered and I could never talk to the person ever again. (laughs) Which is no good. So if that is you, anyone listening, just consider. (laughs) Just consider, like... Do you feel like like you're um, just on that? Do How do you feel like overall, on average... The strength of your current relationships are with people that you used to have relationships with. Okay, I'm, I'm totally understand. Like overall, what is your average level of being friends with people you used to date? Oh, oh, as I age, it gets better. Yeah, yeah, you get better at kind of like ending a romantic relationship before it gets too bad. You know mm-hmm. th- that you can't have something salvageable, and you get better at just respecting right. people for who, who they are, and you know not yeah, sure. holding them to crazy um, standards. If you know, well, some people have rules about. Like, are you familiar with people talking about these kind of rules? Like, uh, like there's no reason to be friends with people you used to date, or when you ended, it should be over with. Completely. Right. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I'm. I think I have a pretty good relationship with everyone I've dated. There's certain people that I don't see anymore, but I don't. If I saw them, it wouldn't be weird. Right. But I've never had any rules or anything. And then I, but I have seen like people show up at the same place and be like pissed at each other where it's like, Mm -hmm. I said I was coming here and why, you know, like when you're in the same world or Uh something and I've, I've personally never experienced that and I'm not sure. I tend to have like a pretty good, like, okay, like, oh, there's my ex and his new girlfriend. Like, I'll try to be like, it's fine. And I don't know if that's good or not. Do you have like, have you ever had fantasies like in your head of like, oh, I'll see him and I'll be wearing this and like, he'll be like, oh, I want her back or like, because I love to daydream about that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. That like, they'll see you and just want, want you, you or then, like, yeah. And then in that moment, would you reject them or would you want them back? God, that's a great question, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, I never really fantasized depends. past that. You, <laughs> that's as far as it goes. Yeah, well, I always rebel no. so much in the victory. What, you've only gone out with one? No, no, with one person where after we broke up where I was like, oh, I think I want him, him back. Him to notice or, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's only happened once. Wow. So did you ever see him? Or yeah. Like, did, it kind of went off and on for like a little while longer. Because you had it still. That it, like I would, And when I would meet other people, I would still think about him, you know? Ooh, yeah. It was like still lingering. That's always, a, I think, a surefire sign. If you're with somebody and you kind of are imagining somebody else. Right. Or you're not over it. your previous relationship. Yeah. That's the worst, especially. Have you ever been in a situation where like you meet somebody who's really cool, but you're not quite over your previous relationship? Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. Yeah. I hate that the most because it really feels like you're getting screwed out of something. And it's just you're just not quite ready. And yeah. I hate like when the timing like that works yeah. out like this would be so perfect, but I'm still hung up on. That is so funny number. to me. Both of you are delicate and smart people, and I'm just like a dumb animal. And I'm just like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. This, I can still take the drug of this, you know, and I just plow ahead. Yeah. I don't and do you not think is. about the other person? No, I do, it ends up creating weirdness, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of that with people I date, too. Like, mm. If I'm like, where are you at in your brain? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> how long is your? Because I've dated people where that other person's around, and it's like, is this over? Or That's I can't deal with feeling. this. I can't deal with it either. I'm just like, I got to get out. Yeah. If the girl has any like, oh yeah, and um, also Lenny's like might show up for right. lunch. I'm like, oh well. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a. I'm not like cool. Maybe we have stuff in common. Yeah, right. I immediately little, see yeah. him as get real on that. Yeah, I don't care about who Lenny. I don't give a shit. Yeah, me neither. I don't him. want us to have anything in common. I don't want to like him at all. Yeah, I, I do him. get in that mindset. Mm-hmm. See, I think like if guys are com- their past relationships, if they're completely over them and it's like done, and they're in a good place with it, I find it very interesting who they've dated before because I think it's revealing. Like, I'm not like, don't tell me about anybody. I kind oh, of am yeah. interested. That's, that's important knowledge. Yeah, actually. right off the bat, yeah. You I need think... to know, uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, where are you? What's your taste? <laughs> What's your taste? And yeah, and like... Like, I dated Diane Lane, and it was cool. <laughs> she was older. And uh-huh. See, that's she good was taste. super cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, she was so hot and lonesome dove. <laughs> That, you know, I still just use that memory, even in spite of as she aged. Um, with that delicious thought, we'll take a short break. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to us. Thanks so much. It really does mean a lot to us to have an audience. We want to keep it going, and we could use your help. If you don't mind, subscribe to us on iTunes. And also, if you would really do us a favor, go in and comment uh, on us and rate us. That helps us get moved up on iTunes to uh, on the comedy podcast ladder. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. And, uh, you know, at the same time, what else helps us to uh, keep us going and allows us to keep bringing you the uh, level of uh, podcast and quality that we've been able to bring you so far is if you uh, get a chance you've got a little money laying around just I know it's tough times right now but if you got anything you can donate there's a donation box and that helps us it goes directly towards the promotion of the podcast and uh Keeping and the collective, feralaudio.com, which is this great podcast collective of, of great uh, uh, podcasts, different comedy podcasts that we want to support. Yeah, it's a whole brotherhood we've got going on here. And really just what we want to do is be able to entertain you as best as we can. Tweet us. Put us on Facebook. Tell your friends. And also, uh, click on the Amazon link on the feralaudio.com site an and link. complete your, audio, uh, your, your Amazon purchases and we'll get a small kickback. 
All right. I think we've we've bagged enough. Well, yeah. I mean, I hate doing that, you know, just being a beggar. Let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah. Beggars can be choosers, though, and I choose that we continue the show. I wanted to ask you a little about the Midnight Show. Oh, okay. Um, which is, for those of you listening, the Midnight Show... I. I hope I do a good introduction, but The Midnight Show is this awesome sketch show. It's been going on at UCB for a long time, but I, I think you guys also perform other places as well. Well, we're currently touring with Drew Carey. Awesome. That is yeah. super awesome. Through September. And we just did San Diego, which was our first city. And then the show at UCB has been going on for four years about, and I've been in it for a little over a year. Um, That's awesome. So what was the San Diego show like? Like what? Uh... The, it was really interesting to perform for a, another audience yeah. because our show is at midnight at UCB <laughs> and like <laughs> San Diego is not that show. Uh-huh. So it was like a very different audience and a different group. But let's have let's give Stephanie three adjectives to describe the tone or timbre of the midnight show. Would you participate okay. in this short exercise? Fast. Fa- I I would agree. Okay. Fast. Um, loud. Yeah. And aggressive. Yeah. Fast, loud, and aggressive. God, I want to go to the midnight <laughs> show. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, gory. Yep. Explosive. Yep. Hilarious. Hilarious. Do I need to do three? Yeah. Uh, what am I describing? The Midnight Show? <laughs> sure. If you I want. don't know what my adjectives are. Can I just say three adjectives? Please. Um, leathery. <laughs> Victorian. <laughs> oak scented. Oh, for three. <laughs> that- <laughs> oh, I'm not sure what I was describing. Uh, Roman, are you familiar with all the wines for tonight's courses? You're going to be serving some very high-class Hollywood elites. Well, I've got this, uh, oh, geez, I've got some Victorian-era wines, which I assume are really expensive. And uh, they're all oak-scented. And uh, I serve them to leathery elderly people. <laughs> Don't pitch correct? it that way. <laughs> Don't tell them it's that they're leathery. Oh, Jesus. I'm not cut out for this. I was a theater education major. Theater education? Oh, yeah. I was a high school teacher, man. It was really? good times. Yep. Totally legit. Where did you teach? So you taught theater? I taught theater at South Caldwell High School and West Caldwell High School. Couple of shout outs though in North Carolina that they just got oh. mentioned. They're flipping out. Yeah. Their uh websites <laughs> are or as my student said they're falling they're down. geeking. They're geeking. Is that what people say? I'm geeking hard over this. Wait, that's a new this? thing? Geeking yeah, that's out? what the kids say. Yeah, they're geeking when they get pumped. Well, like, like someone's like, Did you know that Kanye West is gonna be at our school? Oh, I'm geeking out over this. Well, geeking out, I remember. Yeah, geeking out. Yeah. But they shortened it to geeking? Yeah. Kanye's geeking up at the middle school. Well, the kids are the ones geeking. Kanye's just, I guess, showing up. They're Kanye's geeking out over... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, well, thank you for teaching me that. No problem, man. I'm a, you know, I'm very in touch with the youth of America. So. Me, me too. I'm about to tell a lie. <laughs> Have you heard of the term 
Flaken? Flakening? 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 Nah, flakening. Tell me about it. You know what flaking is? Yeah. It's when you're supposed to do something or be somewhere. Right. And you, and you flake. A shitty excuse. It's <laughs> <laughs> a flaking. Flakening. Flakening. Flaking. Flakening. Flakening. Yeah. Flakening. Flakening. It's really catchy. Yeah. Flakening. It's easy to say. It is rolls when off the tongue. You just admit straight up that you flaked. <laughs> so you just, you cut the shit. You just say, I'm, hey man, I flake an end. I prefer that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Past tense? Flakening? Honestly. <laughs> do you guys remember Vicodin? Is that I'm, what you're saying? Are you saying I'm flakening? Like, I'm doing I, it currently? Yeah, yeah. I'm currently doing it because I've like got a bong out and like I'm getting ready to jerk off and like I'm not going to go to this TNT show I told those guys I would do. <laughs> but I'm flaking. But. Yeah, that's, but if I did it in the past, I would have flakened. Yeah. Yeah. Flaken. I like that. Can you say it like ghetto, like flakening? Yeah. That's how the kids would say it, the high school kids. Yo, did you see Charles? Yeah, nah, man, I didn't go over that. I was, I was flakening. Yeah. That's how that would be used. That's cool. I like that. I'm going to bring yeah, that like into that. popular use. I uh, wish that was acceptable. Like that that was an okay excuse. Oh, to just flake out? Yeah. Well, I think it is a little bit uh, in LA. You can kind of just say like, I need... I need a night. Yeah. Some time to just like, watch TV. And and some, a lot of times that's true, I feel like, especially out here. Like, sometimes it's just like, God, I just need a moment. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that gets in the way of me dating or having a relationship sometimes. Like, nah, I don't know if we could live together. Like, you know, uh, some nights when I think the, res- the the what a responsible boyfriend would do would be to, like, hang out or just plan a, a date. I kind of uh, want a little time. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm good. I'm good for like a date a week and I can do that. And then like more than that, getting it to like a relationship I'm bad at. And maybe that just means right. I don't have time right now or something. Yeah. Maybe it's time management. Yeah. yeah. What's that? I mean, just, you know, maybe it's your time management. You're talking about how to run a clock like in a football game? Yeah. You give me your football. Clock management. Clock management. Well, would you say that you like alone time? Yeah. Is that uh, what it is? You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. But not... I don't know. I, I'm pretty good. I'm a social guy, I think, but like I, I do think that there's time when I, I'm just not good with another person there. Yeah. Sometimes I think the more social you are, the more alone time you do need, though, because I think you burn yourself out. That's true of me. Like uh-huh. the spectrum. I love people. I love having people around. I don't them. know anybody who loves people more than you I'm do. So, like I just love being around them and like talking to people and like having them around. But because of that so much, I just need some time to like sort of chill out a little bit yeah. and not be like so I'm over here with these people and these people and you know I used to like to go to do things all the time and now I just get tired kind of and like I just need some time yeah that makes sense totally yeah. totally course, and like work that hates time. that like uh, sometimes I'm, I'm flaking in at work <laughs> <laughs> you tell them yeah. you tell your boss I'm, I'm flaking yeah it? they're like are you gonna come in tonight and I'm like nah I'm flaking in <laughs> I'm not going to be able to pull that off. Like enough said. They're like, all right. 12 flaking and daisy a year. I had a, we have a friend, uh, Luke, back home who, Luke actually had one of my favorite flake moments my entire life. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but I don't remember exactly what we were asking him to do, but I do remember his excuse was this very rushed excuse that was so over the top. I couldn't even believe it. 
<laughs> and we were like, so can we, you know, are you going to come do this? And he's like, no, I got uh, going, going to a funeral march. <laughs> and like, if he just stopped at funeral, I feel like I totally would have bought it. But I will never forget him say that he had to go to a funeral march. And everyone was like, <laughs> like, I only had a vague understanding of what a funeral march is. and was Dirge. Yes. Yeah, like it was something from like a magic card or like a Lord of the Rings fan. Like a funeral Roman march. Roman cast funeral march. Good King Tolston has perished and the funeral march will be like. It didn't sound like something he actually could be doing. Harps Accord comes out. Dun, 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 dun. He's at home right now like, yeah, I cried so hard at that fucking funeral march. It's like a real <laughs> thing. That, yeah. He never knew that I didn't believe it. Yeah, like, it's like it a, a-, a weird military request when a veteran <laughs> dies. You can actually get a funeral march, you asshole. <laughs> and it is funny how when people get more and more specific as they're lying deeper and deeper. I got to go to a funeral march on it's on second. It will be from 11 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. Do you know Margaret? She organized it. Couldn't make up all I shit. have her email. <laughs> just, just stop. I stopped believing you so long ago, but I'm clearly not going to press it because it's so awkward. It's so insane. I love when they bluff the corroborator. I've done that a few times. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Show me. Hey, hey Roman, you want to go f- play Frisbee in the park today? Oh, no, I can't. I'm going... Uh, I got to a. Uh, I'm having a meeting with um, uh, that the my boss at over at uh, Chipotle. I mean, you can talk to her about. It. You can call call her. She'll tell you about it. I have any and reason? She, yeah, to and she do that. Like the, they bluff the corroborator. Because totally, the only yeah. thing on their mind is don't you need You're proof lying. to not know this yeah. is a lie. And if I say you can call her then clearly i'm not lying because i wouldn't tell you to do something so brazen <laughs> if i was telling the truth but it's a pretty safe bet ultimately it's just sort of masked as like a total uh, sketch move uh, that's a good move it gotta is. remember that next time i'm planning a good old lie <laughs> just be real just keep talking just, just real just shut up <laughs> just get one word out there yeah. let their mind build ask it me. Ask is me. it <laughs> Hey, David, you want to be able to... Uh, Beach. <laughs> uh, sounds good. I love you. Uh, enjoy it. Your God, excuse is beach, which really sounds like you're going to the beach. <laughs> your excuse shouldn't be something that makes me want to go with you rather than what I'm doing. Because then you're going to be fucked. Oh, All the beach? <laughs> Fuck, I'm not going to that uh, concert anymore. Let's go. When are you going, man? That's what's going to happen. Mm. It needs to be a shitty thing. I guess that's not good enough. Yeah, it needs to be shitty. I knew someone that called in uh, called in to get out of work for a week by just saying he was depressed. I think Did that they, work? they legally yeah. have to or something. I'm depressed, so I'm out this week. <laughs> that is a move. Well, the thing is, have you? I have been depressed at work before, and I might as well have been fired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did nothing that whole time. Like, it was worse than being sick sometimes. So, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Will you file that? I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Never. this company. Have you ever used, like, a really just shitty excuse to get out of something? God. You don't have I'm to I'm a real it. quitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie just left... <laughs> She just She's left gone. the podcast. 
Well, uh, he's phoning it in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look who's back. Look who forgot their sweater. uh, Auxiliary guest. This is the homeless guy by the 76 down at the end of the road. Auxiliary guest. We keep him on just in case. Retainer. We pay him $1.25 a Sunday, a Wednesday. What's your favorite combination of change to receive, homeless man? That would be my first question for him. <laughs> Anything that they put in there is my favorite. My uh, shadiest excuse I ever made, I'm going to admit this because I care about the greater good of our product here, and I have no no shame. And this is a really terrible, shady move I pulled. When I was a sophomore in college... I had just quit going to my movement for the stage class. I just didn't go anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my first time I'd moved off of campus, so I just didn't have any motivation to go to school. And, like, I just wanted to play games, like video games, and hang out with my friends. And, like, I just was fucking up really bad. <laughs> and I started to become aware of, like, the hole I dug, and there seemed to be no way to get out of it. Oh, I hate that feeling. And then... <sighs> In September of 2001, a major event happened in our nation (laughs) on the 11th, and I told my professor that I was emotionally distraught by the tragic events of 9-11 and was able to get an incomplete instead of a failure in that class because I told her I was so upset. And I was upset, but not to the point where I wasn't going places like... I you was, oh you beat God. the terrorists because you found a way to use what they did to your advantage to in a very American way to, <laughs> yeah, get, completely. to get some advantage. And it was just, you know, and it worked. I mean, it was like a flawless plan. But damn, that's probably my shadiest like excuse move I've ever <laughs> that been in like, Can't be beat. Yeah, that was when you use. Yeah, that was terrible, you know. And like I was, I was. That doesn't make it better, but you know, I was nineteen at the time, so I think I was a little less. Oh yeah, concerned about the nature of the world and responsibility in general and stuff. I was, I was a little bit like not aware of the impact of nine eleven when it happened. I didn't. I mean, because I was still in North Carolina. I feel like I grow more of a sense of guilt and responsibility as I get older, and I look back on things like that that I did in my youth and just feel way shittier the older I get, which is crazy, I feel like. Like, it's a thing you did, and, like, you feel bad about it, and, like, you understand, like, that it's wrong, and I think you should just not let it, like, haunt you and eat at you, you know what I mm-hmm. mean, once you've learned the lesson. But You, uh, you have nine eleven ghosts that hang out around your apartment, right? Yes, yeah, I do. They're cool. Yeah, they're super cool. They like all the, they like the fact that I was able to, you know, make lemonade out of lemons. So when you told your professor that was Oh, the, she was, was it an, totally on board. Was it face to face? Yeah. And was it, was. it she was immediately sympathetic? Yeah. Like, oh, she so was sorry. yeah, she was like, I'm right there with you. It's been a very tough time for all of us. And and like I said, I was distraught. Like, I sure, did sure. feel bad and, about and the whole thing. The whole thing is confusing. It's just a bunch of emotions. And when you're dug in that hole or depressed in any way, it's easy to, like, yeah, not see what Yeah, it just seemed like the only causes. way out. And, like, 
you know, I was panicking. Like, I don't want to fail out of college already. It's my second year. Like, I was getting A's in high school and I was killing it. And I was always like, look at the burnout kids that don't do this and that. And then I got to college and just immediately understood why their lives were so cool in high school. Like, yeah, they just they got to have pie. Yeah, I was like, I'm doing all the things I used to be at. Those kids aren't coming to class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, no wonder. It's Brian Grady so smells like marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was fucking enjoying passage to India on a different level than everybody else. Yeah, completely. But I was in this panic mode, you know, and just had to scramble and get out of there. So Yeah. Um, do you have any nerdy interests, Stephanie? We always ask because part of our show we devote to talking about Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And about so- what? A card game called Magic the oh. Gathering, invented by MIT professor Richard Garfield in 1993. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> 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 um, I don't. I don't. I would say I, I like playing chess. Really? I'm pretty good at chess. Really? That's I classically love that. nerdy. I love that. That's my like dad cl- taught, like brought me up with chess. Yeah, real, my dad too, and I was cool. like good at it young. And then it, when it wasn't nerdy, like in kindergarten, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, I'm good at this game. Mm-hmm. And then only as I got older was it like, oh, this is a real, like, chess club is really nerdy. <laughs> I feel like that stuff is called nerdy because the it's so difficult that it was like, chess was labeled as a nerdy thing as a defense mechanism by people that couldn't grasp it. Couldn't see that many moves ahead. Yeah, and they were like, it was... Just even knowing the rules, sometimes I forget that there are people in this world that don't even know how to play chess. Yeah. Like, it Most just people. seems like a given piece of information. You talk, you see a chess board with somebody, maybe at a coffee shop or something. I've been like, hey, you want to play chess or just, you know, and they'll be like, They're I like, don't I don't, know. Don't, yeah. Yeah. And like trying to explain the rules. Like, imagine how complex that is for somebody <laughs> yeah, now. Like, like, well, this one moves in an L shape and this one's diagonally and this one can then, go over and then these when you guys. castle and he's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> fuck you. Well, you just made that up. <laughs> and as soon as you play them, you just kill them. Like, they, like, have no idea. Because the game, I mean, like, yeah, it's like, you can't play it shitty. You either play it completely, per, like, you play it as best as you can, or you know you're doing, you know, poorly. There's no, no yeah. it's always about making the right move in the right moment. Like, it's a, there is, like, a best move yeah. in choosing it. Were you guys raised the same way as I, I feel like all chess teachers have this unspoken rule where they beat the shit out of you as hard as they can at it. Like, when I was a kid, I learned from my grandfather, and he pulled nary a punch when we were playing. <laughs> like, it was just... And he would intentionally try to make me cry, I'm certain, just so that he could prove a point about how you should lose with grace and learn from it. And, like, I learned a whole lot about being competitive, I feel like, because of this. I mean, he would just enrage no me. You were always the most competitive video game player. Yeah. Was that what it came it from? It was, because I was, like, thrashed in these games as a child. Roman, there yeah. have been some video games where I've just about thought we've lost our friendship. I have definitely done a friendship guillotine on people over <laughs> video games. It has been... Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 64. I know at least one guy that I still have trouble even wanting to see because of playing that game. And like close friendships have been 
initially harmed, but I think those scars and broken <laughs> stronger emotional bonds, yeah, healed even stronger because of that. <laughs> but I've definitely gotten oh like God. been super, super. <laughs> Can I share my a story about playing Street Fighter Two with Ray Austin, and Michael, uh, Michael, uh, Bruce, what's he, uh, Michael, Mike Holmes, Mike Holmes, yeah. And we were all playing. We're eighteen, and we graduated high school. We have graduated high school. We're all in our accepted to our colleges. We have this summer beforehand. We all decide to go over to like. I don't know, Grant's house to play Street Fighter 2 or something. And we're playing. And I'm like so psyched to show everybody how I'm going to win. And we start playing some and I'm not like doing as well. But that's okay. It's a different controller or something. Let's play again. (laughs) And I keep going through and like I keep losing and losing. And I get more and more angry. I'm like, fuck you. Don't choose Chun-Li. Stop it. And I'm getting angrier and angrier until the the point where I break. (laughs) I'm going home. And I just lay, I slam the door. I say, are you sure, man? He's got this look. He like, asked me to my face. And I'm like, so I said, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm just, just not the Street Fighter 2 turbo player I thought I was. <laughs> Fucking stormed out of there. Oh and to God. watch him and his face try to even, he tried so hard to not laugh at me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so gave me shit about it like later later at school and st- or, or like you know later when, we, when I saw him but like I really thought like I had lost all my pride like I equated it to let you know I put it all out there and I'd just gotten hashed down you know it's weird how like a lot of guys have these video game stories that are like big things for them like moments that you will never forget yeah you know and like because with my competition being so extreme i was always taught also from my like dad and my grandparent my grandfather and stuff that like every single advantage is important and there's no like that it's totally like a machiavellian like the end justifies the means any way to seize victory Right, right right And uh, a lot of these guys that we played video games with, our last day of school, our junior year of high school, this uh, kid Jake brought a Nintendo 64 in, and he had this wrestling game. It was called a WCW versus NWO, and the way it worked was four wrestlers would compete simultaneously. So four people would play, and they would be in the wrestling ring, and uh, as a character got eliminated, if you lost, your character would be forced to move outside the ring. So the way it worked was the other players were still able to play, but you could still sort of interfere from the outside. Like what? Grab their legs or something? Yeah. So we were playing this game and uh, everybody was, you know, the way high school boys are, wanting to be, I'm the best at it. And, you know, we had an audience because we were in this drama class. Uh And so I remember this, it was just really hectic and people were like yelling. They were like, yeah, yeah. And so I saw this golden opportunity. So I took my wrestler. I was playing as a, a character named Buff Bagwell. I remember it very well. And I said, oh, man, I'm out. And I went outside the ring. And no one noticed that I hadn't actually been eliminated. So then I stood outside the ring and let the other three guys just brawl. And then Jake won. 
quote unquote one, he pins the other guy and he throws the controller down and hops up and he's like, yes, I'm the champion. And I immediately run into the ring while he's not even holding the controller and just beat him. And to me, that was a hard fought, well, like intelligently won victory. Sun Tzu, Art of War. It didn't like prove my skill at the game. It didn't prove how good I was at that game, but it proved how good I was at games, I think, in general. Overall, sure. So much is proven. Yeah, that's what it's about, Stephanie. If I remember he measuring our dicks. He was enraged. That's the point. Oh, please be my girlfriend. (laughs) It's one. He didn't accept it as a victory. Oh, he he didn't. Up, he was enraged. People were like. It was like a moment of contention. Uh, They held you on their shoulders. It made me feel the worse they felt, the better I felt about my victory, which was terrible, too. Uh, My competitiveness came over. I just loved that I crushed someone. And he cried? No, he didn't make it that far, but he was about there. You know what I mean? It was choked up. Yeah. We um, we're out of time. Uh, we want to give you some opportunity to tell us about uh, anything else you've got going on or. um, Well, the Midnight Show is the first Saturday of the month at UCB, and I'm in the Groundlings Sunday Company, which is 7.30 every Sunday night at the Groundlings, and I'm on Arts and Athletics, which is on Monday nights at UCB. That's so much awesome stuff. Terrific stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I'm jealous of you for being able to just be doing all those fun things all the time. (laughs) Uh, You've been a terrific guest, Stephanie. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's Uh, great. Thank you for being here, and tune in next time for Please Be My Girlfriend. Please Be My Girlfriend. favorite Metallica album tell them all yeah tell them all <laughs> no it, no it's tell them all <laughs> it was a follow up to to say them all master of muppets <laughs> it's a jim henson tribute album and um who who can forget that great song um uh dream of sandman <laughs> I love that song, Quickly Forgiven. <laughs> Quickly Forgiven. Do you know the song, Happy But True? <laughs> Happy and True? I know that one, uh, Until It Slumbers Peacefully. <laughs> Until It Sleeps in the song. Off of Heavy Boxes. I don't and even know that reference. Re-Heavy Boxes, the follow-up album. I know um, Gently Caress the Lightning. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I usually listen to that when I'm in the dentist waiting room to just sort of relax before I go in there and calm my nerves. You know it's happy but true.
Uh, we just got sued by Lars Ulrich. Yeah. Again. <laughs> I can't believe how cold it is. It's so cold. Are you fucking here. serious? Don't you fucking know. Don't 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 fucking As a branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.